welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Richard Kerr, and in 2013, I started a Facebook group dedicated to teaching people how to travel the world using points and miles. Today, over 50,000 members of Award Travel 101 share, teach, and learn how to travel the world on any budget. This podcast is not only a recap of award travel news and strategy, but also a glimpse into my life of running a Facebook group full-time and the lives of our members. Before we start this week's episode, here's a word from our sponsor. Running a Facebook group of over 60,000 people means I get asked a lot of questions. One of the most common is, Richard, where are you always finding these cheap flights and these mistake fares? I feel like I'm always missing out. Never miss a deal again by using Thrifty Traveler Premium. This is over 80 international flight deals a month delivered right to your inbox. Sign up today. Try it for free at thriftytraveler.com slash AT101. Get deals like instant mistake fare notification for $238 round trip flights to Croatia. Filter the notifications you get based on your departure city and your surrounding cities. You can use points to book these fares like Amex Membership Rewards, Chase Ultimate Rewards, and you're going to get miles when you fly these amazing deals. They even send me SkyMiles flash sales so I never miss an opportunity to get free or cheap flights. Never miss a deal again. Thrifty Traveler Premium. Sign up today. Try it for free. ThriftyTraveler.com slash AT101. Welcome to another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. You hear me laughing because I'm joined once again by my better half, my smaller half, Emily Kerr. Emily, how are you doing? Hey, I'm glad to be back on the show with you. If you've been following along in the Award Travel 101 Facebook group on Twitter or on Instagram, you're going to know that Emily and I just a couple weeks ago spent one entire week kid-free in Europe for our 10th wedding anniversary. And this episode is all about recapping how we booked this trip, some things we learned, some things we wish we had known, and then tips and tricks that we want to share with you in case you want to take a similar itinerary or visit some of the places that we went and stayed and some of the flights that we took. Emily, it's been... 10 years, one whole decade. I know. As they say in Spanish, el decado. Is that right? I don't don't think that's correct Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a good trip? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. All right, Um, let's start with our itinerary, just so everybody knows what we did. We flew Air Canada and Lufthansa business class from Atlanta to Munich via Toronto. We stayed in Munich for two days. We took a train over to Salzburg, uh, Austria, for one night. Took the train from Salzburg over to Vienna. Oh, I, just, I forgot about that train ride until just now. Wait, yeah, we'll recap that. <laughs> Stayed one night at Ritz-Carlton, Vienna, two nights at the Park Hyatt, Vienna, and then we flew British Airways business and first class from Vienna back to Atlanta via London. And we did all of that travel except the train tickets on points and miles. Are you impressed? I'm impressed you planned this. I am I can't believe I've took me 10 years to finally plan a trip like this. <laughs> um, that was a complete joke for all of you wondering. I planned none of that. You picked the, where you wanted to go? No, I mean, as far as the actual flights and hotels, I didn't book anything. Of course not. <laughs> you, you said where you wanted to go and we made it happen. Overall, before we get into the details, and we're going to go flight and hotel and city one at a time to give you our impressions, but what was your overall impression of the week? It was hotter than I expected it to be. That was one thing I was a little bit sad about, but I really liked going on a trip like that. It was the first trip, a really long flight like that, that we had been on since before we had kids. Um as far as I can recall. So it was just nice to go on a 
a trip where we were going and doing fun things that we wouldn't be able to do uh, if the kids are with us, that, with them being so little. If you're new to the Award Travel 101 podcast, Emily and I have a two and a four-year-old who stayed with grandmother and with aunt for the week we were gone. So Miss Jenny and my sister Anna, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks a lot. That was a pretty great deal. All right, let's go uh, start with the first flight. And uh, by the way, I agree with you. It was very warm over in Europe the week we were there. Um, First flight was Air Canada business class on an Embraer 175 from Atlanta to Toronto. Just a two-hour flight, but what did you think about it? I don't remember it. Really, <laughs> I small, really don't remember a lot of it. Uh, this is <laughs> you talk, I was like so excited. Finally, get, I have never flown Air Canada before. I finally flew. I thought that Embraer is just my favorite way to take short hops or even medium-length hops because up in business class, it has one seat, an aisle, and two seats. Air Canada had an in-flight entertainment screen on Embraer, which I'd never seen. They served us a little lunch. They had Wi-Fi, which worked pretty quickly. That's true. Yeah. And I remember. I do remember now that you're say, saying it. I guess the only thing I really remember is that since we're watching The Handmaid's Tale, which is about people wanting to go to Canada, um, I just that was what I remember when we landed. I was like, oh, we're in Canada, just like the show. You can tell our interest. <laughs> Emily just has no interest in this nerdy stuff. I, did. I thought it was great. I really loved it. I loved it. Embraer flight so much, uh, just a less than a two hour flight from Atlanta up to Toronto. And I'm telling you, I wish if, if we could fly that way every time or even on domestic hops, it would be really great. So that was it. Toronto, we went to the Maple Leaf Lounge for a couple hour layover, which was fine. Yeah, it was, I thought it was nice. That the food buffet they had in there, though. The, yeah, uh, you said that it was terrible. I didn't really explore because I wasn't hungry. No, I didn't eat it. But they had that de- deconstructed lasagna. Deconstructed lasagna that actually looked like it was deconstructed. Anyways, <laughs> it was uh, kind of cool being there. That was the night that the Toronto Raptors were playing the Golden State Warriors for the NBA championship. So everybody was uh, jazzed up in there. And the uh, people at the desk were talking about it. And, you know, all the local Toronto people were excited. So that was kind of cool just to catch that atmosphere for just a little bit but then we took off to our Lufthansa flight business class on the brand new Lufthansa Airbus A350 and business class cost us uh, the Air Canada and Lufthansa flight cost us 70,000 United miles and $89 per person for Atlanta Toronto Munich so Toronto to Munich Lufthansa A350 overall what do you think I really liked the I liked the layout. I think that that was one of the things that you didn't really like that much, and you can speak to it in a second. I also thought that the food was really good. So I ordered salmon, which meat on planes just in general kind of weirds me out, but especially fish, it just seemed like I was taking a gamble by ordering it. But I actually thought it was so, so good. I thought all the food was great. It was hot. It was very hot. That was my biggest con. I barely slept. It was like an eight-hour flight. And the main reason was because of how hot I was. Just something uh, Lufthansa. So somebody made fun of me for the way. It's not Lufthansa. 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 If you're going to fly Lufthansa, then you need to know it's going to be flipping warm on that plane. Uh, This is A350. For the AvGeeks listening, the quick pros and cons. Business class, there's a large cabin up front, then a galley and two lavatories, and then a small mini cabin with only two rows that we sat in. I really like sitting in the mini cabin with only two rows. It felt like our own private little space. It wasn't even, I think there was three other people in that entire cabin with us. Um, the bad part is, Emily said, it's hot, but also... I felt I was very distracted 
on that big chunk of time where you're supposed to be sleeping um, because I felt like the flight attendant, it sounded like they were clanking silverware for, I, I'm talking like five hours. I felt it was just really, I totally get that, you know, behind the scenes, they have to do prep work for the next meal, but I, I don't know what they were doing in there. They they were just making a ton of noise. They were making but. noise. If you sit in the mini cabin in the second row, there's only one one row between you and the galaxy. That's something to be aware of. They did have the curtains closed. So there wasn't any light bothering us. Also, Lufthansa has a two 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 layout. So two seats aisle, two seats aisle, two seats. Which means if you're traveling alone and you get stuck in the window seat, you're going to literally have to climb over somebody to get out of your seat to either go to the bathroom or stretch your legs, which just today for a brand new plane, there's so many airlines out there in business class offering everybody direct aisle access. It's just not competitive and it's really a head scratcher. But if you're traveling by yourself, like Emily and I, I felt like the seat had plenty of room. Um, there's not very much storage and my phone went into the nether regions of the seat and we had to get the flight attendant to come take the seat apart because there's literally nowhere to set your phone mm-hmm. in that seat that wasn't uh, sliding around. Um, so see, and I, I'm surprised that you felt like there was a lot of room because I'm a good bit narrower than you. Like, my, <laughs> you know, my shoulders are not as narrower. Than no, you. I mean, I don't require as much physical space in a seat as, you know, someone like your size. And I felt this. I thought the seat was small just in my mind. So I'm surprised that you felt like you had enough room. Maybe it's because I was in the seat by the window and there was. Like I don't know. I don't Maybe know. I could have just been hot and annoyed. Just overall. <laughs> overall, two 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 layout, not competitive. The A three fifty pressurized down to six thousand feet instead of ten thousand. I actually did feel like make a difference as far as jet lag was concerned. I feel better flying Dreamliner and now the A three fifty compared to a triple seven and with those things they take in. Very smooth flight, um, but very warm and uh, just. Such a head scratcher doing two 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 layout for a brand new airplane. However, it is Lufthansa and would definitely fly them again. Maybe a day flight, so you're not trying to sleep at night when it's warm. But we both did bring clothes like some gym shorts and to throw on because we kind of expected. Oh it was yeah, be I mean, hot, I had so. on. I felt appropriate attire for the temperature, but I was just. So from U.S. to Germany, seventy thousand United miles, eighty nine dollars business class. Again, it's not for sound like we're nitpicking it apart. This is just, I guess because we know what some of the best business class products are there, but smokes flying economy by 150,000%. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of sleep, but at least my back wasn't completely jacked up. Yeah, it is life flat seats. and We did stretch out, uh, watch some movies, and hung out for that short hop over there. So by the time we get there, we're going to uh, Munich, Munchen, if you're a Deutsches speaker uh, amongst us. Took the Lufthansa City Bus, which is has actually nothing to do with the airline. Anybody who flies any airline can take the Lufthansa City Express from the Munich airport to the city center or the Nordstop, Nordstop, which is where we did because it's close to the Munich Andaz, which we stayed at. This property opened last year, 20,000 Hyatt points per night, and I used a Globalist suite upgrade to get a tower suite up on the eighth floor where we were. Really quick, Emily, your overall impressions of the new Munich Andes. So one of the cons that I think, if this is important to you, might be relevant, is that it's not in the super, super city center. It's not outside the city by any stretch, but it's not right there in the midst walking distance with a lot of the popular um, sightseeing spots. So as soon as we pulled up on the bus, I looked around and was like, huh, okay, not that great of an atmosphere. However, 
after being there and taking the public transportation to the city center and it being so short, that didn't bother me anymore. But first impression was that I felt like it was a little, the surrounding buildings weren't anything. There's like, it wasn't like a good atmosphere, but the hotel itself I thought was really, really beautiful inside, very modern, very chic. Like I felt like the room was just really, really nice. So there is a tram stop directly in front of the hotel. It's about 12 minutes from that tram stop to the very middle of Munich. We did it, I think, three or four times in a couple of days. Didn't bother me at all. Loved the hotel. Loved the room. Complimentary mini bar, except for the beer, but they had sodas and water and their own variety of gummies, which were amazing. Spa was really cool. The pool was really cool. Staff was always there waiting to help. They have a couple bikes that you can grab and ride into the English Garden. Just make sure the bikes are available. They weren't because right, they weren't. One they weren't. Time we tried to use them. Breakfast at the what was that place called? Something broccoli or uh, the lazy broccoli? Something weird like that. The Something lazy weird. broccoli. But Breakfast was pretty cool though. It was really really good. For globalists, we could have anything on the buffet, which I think there were three different buffets in that mm-hmm. room. Plus, they had a hot menu. I had some carrot waffles that were amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm dairy-free, um, so they had, well, they didn't have any dairy-free yogurt, but they did have lactose-free yogurt. They had, you know, soy milk, coconut milk, that kind of thing. So I I was glad that- Lactose-free those... yogurt's not dairy-free yogurt? Nope. I really got to get on this <laughs> stuff. Anyways, I was really impressed with the hotel. I would highly recommend it. The tram stop being in front, there's actually a couple of different ways. But you can take a bus or a tram from that tram stop and get to the Munich City Center or to the main square literally in less than 15 minutes. Or you can just ride the bike into uh, this English Garden, which is really cool. We did a bike tour there, Mike's bike tour in Munich. Mm-hmm. We hung around the square. We had um, Ratskeller for dinner. Let's. There's a restaurant called Ratskeller. A few people recommended. Emily, you were over sausages and potatoes by the second day. Yeah, I mean, that's just not the kind of food I typically eat. But I think that what disappointed us about that restaurant specifically is that you walk in and it's like a what I imagine, like, yeah, yeah, a Bavarian styled restaurant. I'm thinking, wow, this is like really cool. But we kept walking. We exited that dining room. We went down a hall. We passed another dining room that was a little Bavarian, but not quite as atmospheric as the first one and then we were in another room where our table was and it was we were the only people in there in the back corner (laughs) so atmosphere in a place that i'm eating just like a restaurant is really important to me and i just didn't have a great experience there so this was rat scaler so if you're going to make a reservation there make sure you ask to be sat in the main dining room i did enjoy their sausage and their beers i had no qualms being a beer and potato man for <laughs> for really a week because Viennese cuisine in our experience was not that much different than German cuisine. Now I know there's a lot of difference between the two countries, but from our perspective, we just don't know the nuances. Yeah. So. Um, I enjoyed Munich. I thought the garden was cool. Mike's bike tour was cool. The the different beer gardens, the Chinese tower one that we did on the bike tour, mm-hmm. we went back through the garden again. Um, Donkey Republic. This is the app that you can use that we use both in Munich and in Vienna to rent a bike kind of on demand. You pull up the app. It shows you where the closest bikes are. You go and you rent it. It uses a Bluetooth on your phone to unlock the bike and then you can ride it. And it was like four euros an hour. Yeah, it was really, super really great. Yeah, a great way to get around the city. We also Munich transport public transportation was amazing. Uh, It's on the honor system. You have to buy a ticket, um, but there's no turnstiles to go through. Very clean. Huge deal for a lot of people. There's bathrooms in almost every single uh, 
tram stop or right. every single uh, U-Bahn station. So if you're going around the city, you don't got to, like a lot of places in Europe, that can be a problem. Um, we went out to Dachau, the concentration camp, took the S-Bahn uh, over land to go out there, which was a pretty cool day to see. Mm-hmm. Um, would highly recommend it. Have, yeah, if you're into history, I would Yeah. I would definitely recommend doing that. And there's we found a couple of blogs that told you exactly how to get there. And obviously your hotel concierge can probably tell you a quick way to go. Did the audio guide there. Uh pretty sobering. Um I don't know how to exactly say this, but that was our first concentration camp and everybody previously that I've read and talked to have said oh, it's such a moving experience, you're gonna have a difficult time taking it in and you and i both said like the national holocaust museum in dc was a bit more moving to us yeah i mean i i just and this is absolutely no disrespect at all to the to the dachau you know what they did there um i just i guess i just expected it to be just horribly grotesque photos or things and and it wasn't like that i felt I guess our point is we would feel comfortable taking, you know, like younger kids if that's something that you want to do. Or, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The uh, I went to the S-71 prison camp from the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, and it was way more difficult to take mm-hmm. in than what they've done at um, Dachau. But still, hard to believe you're in one of these places that you've heard about your entire life and taken classes about since middle school to see what was done there, to see just the unbelievable conditions that people lived in. Well worth uh, a day, or even it was just a half day excursion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was out. like a couple of hours we were there. So really cool uh, experience to do that. Um, and what else was the last thing we did in Munich before taking off? Um, I think that was pretty much it. Was it? Well, I guess only two nights. Yeah, we flew in. Mm-hmm. But the bike tour the day we landed to get over the jet lag was pretty clutch. I yeah, we we that. landed around um, ten a.m. and the bike tour was at four, so it kept us kind of. Like going. going going and awake and our tour guide was american but she had lived there for seven years so it was good to have no ing- no uh, language barrier but she also felt like a local because she had been there for so long so that was good pretty cool so we woke up the next morning we had a early train over to salzburg we were eventually going to do the eagle's nest which is about a 45 minute bus ride from salzburg but people had said it's still snowing up there it's just yeah, it's just going to be too out, much so. to do. So one night in Salzburg, that first day, we did another bike tour. I'll let you give the review. I'm not going to give the review <laughs> for this. <laughs> so every American that comes to Salzburg, including my sister, said you have to do the Sound of Music. Fraulein Maria. Fraulein Maria's Sound of Music bike tour. Well, it wasn't Sound of Music bike tour. It was it's just Fraulein, Fraulein Maria. But it kind of ended up being a Sound of Music so I have not seen The Sound of Music probably since some substitute teacher taught my class in fourth grade. So I don't know anything about the movie except Devon Traps and Julie Andrews. And like I know the gist of it. But because I was not a fanatic about the movie, and every, almost I. every single stop had little to do with Vienna and the history and much more to do about, hey, here's where they took a fence down to do the filming of The Sound of Music. And so people were digging that on the tour. Yeah, Whereas I mean, if that's I your like, thing. <laughs> you and I, I mean, we knew it was Sound of Music, but we didn't know. It was literally, he, she pointed out the gate they cut down to do yeah. filming. And we were like, okay, this is I thought it would be at worst half and half or, you know, wedding. <laughs> so that, that drug on for, that was like four <laughs> hours. But the positive thing, I think you'll agree with this, is that for the last hour and a half-ish of the tour, which was about four hours total, it was out in the countryside. Yo, you've ride that bike. Uh, oh yeah, you ha- seven or eight miles. Um, I you mean, have to be in decent shape. I mean, I like oh, yeah. the going up the hill uh, up to yeah. the uh, 
monastery mm-hmm. or the uh, convent. Yep. Uh, up there, like you literally got to, yeah, you cannot be a, uh, <laughs> you can't be but lagging I think, behind. I think the reason why I said that is because if we had just done a bike tour on our own, which is kind of what we were wondering about, we would not have gone to the countryside. We just wouldn't have. I don't believe yeah, we would you really got out there. It was, um, the scenery was nice once we got out of the city. It was nice to go over to the old town Salzburg. I really wanted to kind of nerd out and know about the history of these things and the massive churches they have and, um, the oldest restaurant in the world that started in 803, we drove by and I wanted to know more about that and stick my head in. But, uh, she was too busy telling what I think are complete tour, tour guide folklore about the filming of <laughs> some of the stories she told him. Like, you have no idea if that actually happened or not. It's like, okay, these are tour guide stories. So, okay. So let's move on from the tour. From the tour. <laughs> anyways, we, we got the lay of the land through that tour. We saw it, but th- there was apparently some awesome brewery that's been going since like 1050 that the monks run that were across the river. We couldn't go to because it didn't go, or... it didn't open until 3 p.m. the next day. I think there's a lot of stuff hidden in the scenes in Salisbury that we just didn't have time to get into. Mm-hmm. But we did get the lay of the land. We stayed at the Sheraton Salzburg. Oh, my gosh. This could be like a 10-minute part Here, an episode. Here's the, the quick rundown on Sheraton Salzburg. A lot of people highly recommended it. 35,000 Bonvoy points per night. Emily has platinum status right now because of her Ritz-Carlton card she got last year. So that means we get free breakfast and lounge access, which ended up being clutch because outside of the lounge in our hotel room, the hotel was under such construction that I am confident in saying it pretty much did not exist. We got there. The lobby is a temporary space with cardboard and uh, what a fake walls up. We had to walk across boards to get through the lobby. And at one point we got stuck in the elevator arguing with the construction worker to let us out because there was literally no way nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. And he said we couldn't get out of the, the elevator. elevators kept closing <laughs> and opening and the stairs were open and closed. The restaurant and- was a disaster. They had this temporary entrance out the backside. It, it was just, we went through a staff elevator and staff spaces several times. So all that and- stuff is fine. If we had gotten a heads up during the booking process, and I went back and looked and challenged the Facebook group to go look during the booking process, nowhere does it say, Hey, our hotel is really, re-. I mean, I have pictures of the outside covered in scaffold. It's not just the lobby. The hotel is completely decimated right now with no public spaces available. And there's no warning whatsoever. Now, if you go to the homepage of the Sheridan Salzburg right now, it says, Hey, our lobby is under construction until July. Now, I don't know how they're going to get all that work done by next month, but also it doesn't say, it says our lobby is undergoing renovation. That's just not completely capturing yeah. the picture of I, it. I feel like we're reasonable enough people where we totally get that hotels have to make yeah. improvements and that's going to mean some inconveniences, but we, we should have just been kind of given a heads up beforehand. Yeah. In that situation, what typically good hotels do is after you get a booking, after you make a booking, either during the booking process on the final page will be a pop-up window that says, hey, legitimately, we're under a lot of construction, this and this, this and this, and here are the mitigating things we've done. And then after you make a booking, you get a follow-up email that says, hey, as a heads up, we're under construction, the restaurant's not working, the bar's not, we have temporary this, this, and you can make an informed decision. Now, the room was cool, had a lot of space. The lounge was um, I really love the drink selection, free booze, beer on tap, liquor, wine from 11 a.m. until they had uh, fridges full of Red Bull, every kind of soda, juice, whatever you want. So you can roll in there when it was freaking hot when we were there and get as much mm-hmm. water as you wanted and chug them down. It was really cool. But outside of that, man, that was just 
Yeah, and the breakfast in the restaurant wasn't anything to write home t- about. Don't write bad letters home about. Yeah, I don't know. But no, like you said, everybody's and, kind of running that, around with their heads cut off. And there. that exact night was our tenth anniversary, so I think that probably like just made us like, oh man, like this is disappointing. And again, I don't care if they're going to go in construction. It's they didn't tell us. Right? But we did have a fitness bike in our room. That had a life cycle in the bathroom. <laughs> it was like probably circa 2005. But there was no true air conditioning in that room either. It was just the air blowing. No, and it, it was, was freaking hot it was in there. super hot too. So anyway, Sheridan Grand Salzburg. <laughs> like, yeah. No, don't go there. No, and we've gotten half of our points back now. We wrote the manager again. Very kind, very, kind, very brief email that said, hey, we would like some points back. We just didn't know this was going to be the case. He said, we'll give you 8,000 points back. And I was like, no, that's not enough of 35,000. So I asked for half the points back, which is enough for a free category to Marriott stay. And he agreed yesterday. So we got those points back. So all is well, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing hotel when they finish all that renovation. Great location, really. But that was Salzburg. Um, we had the vegan pizza that night, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah. Probably not a lot of tours head over there. Um, again, well, like- we had the vegan pizza. I had vegan pizza. You had regular pizza. Yeah, well, anybody who knows me knows I did not have a vegan pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning. Um, we took that very loud and also hot train to Vienna. Yeah, so we kind of chilled out in the morning, had breakfast. Oh, we went to the we went to that big mountain. Oh, Utenberg. Hello. Untersberg. Yeah. That yeah. was the best thing about Salzburg. We took the bus out to Untersberg, which has a cable car that goes up. This is the northernmost Alp. Um, I don't remember how high it was, but it is very high. Really high. What, I was because terrified of it. <laughs> you were terrified in the cable car. What I really liked about it is because it was literally the northernmost peak. On one side, you had the rest of the Alps. On the other side, you just had the Salzburg Valley. And you could see the airport. Amazing. Airplanes taking off there. It was amazing plane spotting. Mm-hmm. And it really looked like you were standing on the edge of the world overlooking and there were no more mountains. That if we really had cool. prepared appropriately, well, we just didn't, nor did we have any room for. If you had brought actual like hiking shoes, once you're up at the cable car, you can do some more like actual more hikes up hiking. There. We yeah. we debated, should we do? We were like, no, we, we for, for, should for sure turn around right now. So, but that was really cool. If you're going to go to Salzburg, make sure you take that. It was really easy to catch the bus that stops all around the downtown, 30 minutes out there, jump on the cable car, and you're literally in the Alps on top of it. Um, you can see uh, the Eagle's Nest, actually. You can see Hitler's hideout up there and the time you spent and turn around and see Salzburg. So that was awesome. Then we ran back, got on the really hot, loud train because it was a Friday. I had read about this and I hadn't just really put two or two together. On the weekends, folks in Austria, probably like they would here if we had a decent train system or any train system, jump on the train and the group of 20-something drunk, loud, party-playing music folks head off for the two-and-a-half-hour train ride to Vienna with us, and that just got a little bit old. And actually, the guy, the Austrian guy sitting across from me, did you see him? He went downstairs and started yelling at him, like, no, cut I, it out. No, I didn't. Yeah, like, he was like, this is, and everybody else, and all the Austrians in the car with us were equally as annoyed mm-hmm. that these folks were down there. Hey, if you want to have a good time, great, whatever, that's cool, but literally blasting the music it's from a, the Bluetooth speaker. It's a train speaker. car, and everyone else is being completely silent. Yeah. <laughs> And it was also really hot in that mm-hmm. train. So that ride, I think the theme of the trip was it was hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, they got a heat wave going on now. It's supposed to be like 104, which I think it was only like 90. That would, yeah. That would be hot. So that train ride was interesting. And then um, we jumped on the Vienna subway again, just as easy to use as 
uh, Munich and the bus is in Salzburg. There's no subway there, but it's very easy to use. If you have any intrepidation or intimidation about using public transportation in Germany or Vienna, don't. It literally takes you three minutes to figure it out. So convenient to have the times up there, like a train every three or four minutes. It's awesome. So don't. And I honestly felt like the lack of the, the turnstiles made it less intimidating, if that makes any sense, because you're not worried about where do I put my card or where do I put my money or where do I put my ticket? You just what you buy your ticket you and just, you just walk in and out sort of. You could I, just get your suitcase on there, you know, because yeah. as many cities as we've been to, you're navigating the turnstiles with a suitcase. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is so painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Vienna, Ritz-Carlton, Vienna. I used 50,000 points for my account. Tried to use an upgrade certificate from Emily's account. She has Ritz-Carlton upgrade certificates. The front desk agent had never heard of them before. I checked before knowing that you can only typically use them on paid nights, but with Bonvoy right now, you can pretty much get anything done if you, uh, brute force it enough, but that didn't work out. So we had a standard room, Ritz-Carlton, Vienna. What was your overall impression of this place? Of the Ritz-Carlton? I thought it was nice. I thought it was really um, gaudy in the public spaces and some people listening might be like well it was a Ritz Carlton but it was just kind of tacky I felt like yeah. just needed some updates but the room was really pretty and they had a nice little like happy anniversary little spread for us which you claim you didn't no, do I so. didn't tell I didn't so I don't know again I don't the only people I typically reach out to before will be like for our next hotel the park Hyatt Vienna where I Talked to my concierge and said, Hey, it's our, I'm going to mm-hmm. use a global suite upgrade certificate. But, anyways, Ritz Carlton Vienna, it was fine. I just, again, I don't know what it is about the Hyatt experience at both the Andaz and our next place to Park Hyatt. It's just much preferred over mm-hmm. the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. They did give us a free drink, even though I was only a gold certificate down at their bar, which was like 16 euro free right. drink. So that was cool. They had a help yourself gummy bar at the <laughs> door, which was, hey, I got super excited when uh-huh. I saw that. And we, we helped ourselves there. Mm-hmm. Um, the concierge is not particularly helpful when we asked him about the bike tour thing I mean, for it was wine just country. Like, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't yeah. know. Um, but it, it was fine. Fun. I it mean, was it was fun. like, yeah. okay. No breakfast included, but there was a McCafe literally right across the street. So we can grab a cup of coffee. Um, and not one of the it. nicest McDonald's we've ever been to. Yeah. And if you turn your nose up, you're like, oh, you go to McDonald's over. Well, heck yeah, man. Look, you can go sit at a cafe in Vienna for 25 euros a person and get a little egg sandwich and a coffee, or you can go to the McCafe for two euros and get the exact same thing. And as Emily's saying, it was really nice. McDonald's overseas are so much better than McDonald's here. And like here you walk in, you got to step over the crunched up French fries and greasy, whatever. But over there, it's perfectly fine. A great place to get a breakfast. Um, and save yourself a ton of money compared to even, I think the Ritz Carlton buffet was like 30 euros mm-hmm. a person or something. It's like, let's just not do that. And it's too hot to eat that much anyway. <laughs> too hot. <laughs> Ritz Carlton one night. Um, see, we woke up, we attempted to do the vineyard bike tour. That was the okay. day it was 95. <laughs> this Richard is not, he is the last person to wimp out on anything. Number one, he's very competitive. Number two, he, he just has a lot of internal pride against backing out of something that he's committed to. So I'm not necessarily like that. If I don't want to do it, I'm like, well, we're not doing this anymore. But <laughs> we are trying to go to the wineries, which are out side of Vienna and you have to, you know, either take a car out there, which I think this concierge actually recommended us doing. We decided, no, we're going to take the train and then we're going to rent a bike. So we did. Well, Richard is not doing well at all. He is stopping 
taking water breaks. He is complaining, which again is not really something that he typically does. He had to leave one of the wineries to get some cash. He came back. I, he was on his last leg. We t- You're being so overdramatic. Right no, now. we're not. I'm, I'm thinking this whole time, oh gosh, this guy, he is actually not feeling it. We continue on up the mountain. Would you call it a mountain? It was so, size- so, so high up there. A sizable hill from the first winery to the second one. And just It's like 95, and we woke up that morning dehydrated, not because we drank a lot the night before. I literally don't think I ever had more than two or three beers at one sitting and completely fine. But we just could not, you know, crush enough water because we've literally been sweating and walking outside the entire week and it was hot that I just already woke up that morning dehydrated. And I'm like, oh boy. Like, how? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sweating or, like through my shirt on this bike, but I, I really want to go to this winery, which is another thing Richard doesn't do. He is so sweet. If he knows that I really want to do something, he doesn't want to disappoint me, even if the next day he tells me he suffered through something because he <laughs> didn't want to do it. Anyway, so we're. We have another about half of a mile to go, and he turns up, up the mountain. Yeah, you turn around and you're like, We're, "We got to get, we got to get out of here. We got to go back down." <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't even argue. I'm like, "Okay," because <laughs> I know that if he is saying we got to go, then that means that he is not feeling well. So we went probably about 15 minutes from the first winery up this mountain on the bike, and like <laughs> I, so I mean, I ride my bike how much every week? Yeah, like I mean, right now I'm, I'm riding my bike 40 or 50 miles a week right now because I'm doing a triathlon in a month. And I, so I, when I'm saying like, we're going to ride bikes in between wineries, I'm like, no big deal. I've been crushing. And there's an lately. older couple, which I'm not, you know, not age ism or anything, but they were just trucking on. And so Richard they again, were walking is, on. yeah, is the last person to be like, well, I'm not going to let these people pass us. But he, he was like, nope, we're turning around. We're going back. I did not feel good at all. I literally thought you were going to have to pick me up off that pavement. And we're like in the countryside. There's no like. We had to get back. We, we had, had to, to get, get back. back to where we were. So we rode the bike, thankfully, down the hill this way, and we had to go sit in that shopping center where I crushed four or five bottles of water and a, um, like a juice, some kind like of some, ju- some kind of juice, juice thing to something. feel better because I was not doing. I think I was just so hot and so. And then we dehydrated. abandoned the bikes. Yeah, I was like, I can't get on. I feel so. I literally think I had heat exhaustion because I was so dehydrated starting that day when we started that yeah. ride that it was just a, a very and it was so high, a very poor decision. But yeah, I cannot remember being anywhere and feeling that bad. I mean, yeah. So forever. our advice: either don't do it in the heat or take a car. Just fork out the money and just take a car if you're going to go to those wineries that are outside the city. It'd be a lot of money too. Yeah, mean, to get so. around there. Sounded like a great idea. It didn't work out so well. So we moved over to the park at Vienna after. Dying in the almost literally, I was like, she's gonna have to call in yeah. German, and there's nobody around to help yeah, <laughs> to pick I'm, me up because I'm gonna pass out that I have heat exhaustion right now. I'm gonna be like, I, when you get to that nausea point where you're gonna throw up your, so mm-hmm. yeah, and I was like, okay, this this will be really dumb to keep going. So, anyways, uh, over to the Park Height Vienna, which a free night certificate, free category one to seven, free night certificate, and 30,000 points for two nights there. They put us in the diplomat suite, which you can literally run in a circle around. Like, the room is literally a circle with walls. It's wall. huge. It's so big. Walls in the middle. And so pretty, tastefully decorated. Um, I, I really liked that room a lot. Shower had so much water pressure, blow your skin off you, which is amazing to me. Like, I'm all about that. Like, yeah, yeah blow me away. Uh, the pool downstairs. So it's an old bank building and the mm-hmm. pool is in the bank vault. They still have the original door there. Breakfast at the bank restaurants, what they call mm-hmm. it, was it was amazing. It's it was, help yourself pour your own champagne at breakfast. 
Um, we, we actually didn't even do because we, we were so dehydrated. We were like, we need water. <laughs> Again, we're not dehydrated from drinking. We were dehydrated because it, we literally just sweated and we were outside the entire week walking and biking, which is cool. Um, I, I loved the park. I had, uh, when we checked in, the room wasn't ready, but we headed out to see something anyways. We came back. The guest services manager said she went, made the front desk stop us and introduce herself. You know, if there's anything we can do to make your stay better, awesome champagne and a cheesecake in the room. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, love that play. It lived up to the hype. A few Park Hyatt properties that people talk about that live up to the hype, and Park Hyatt Vienna definitely did that. So we had, uh, I enjoyed Vienna. We tried to go to the opera. So that was another <laughs> failure. We've had, we had two failures here. That was another <laughs> failure. We bought tickets to the opera, or so we thought online. They were very cheap. They were like nine euros or 11 euros. And in my mind, it's the state opera because they say everybody pays 60, 70% taxes, but it makes everything affordable. And when it's the state opera, that sounds state funded, which in my mind made sense that tickets should be cheap. Yeah, we didn't. We were just, we went there. So we got dressed up. I mean, we were excited. We were thinking, okay, this is going to be an experience. You know, we heard people have gone there before, you know, loved it. We get there. These two dudes get up. They start talking, you know, of course, in German. I'm thinking, okay, just a little introduction. You know, they're just giving a little spiel about it. But there's a table and chairs and glasses of water on the table behind them and a movie screen up. And then I'm they, like, oh, boy. Then they sit down and the movie screen st- starts up in some opera scene. And we're like, oh, this is a lecture about an opera. Yeah. So it was a lecture. We we thought we bought tickets to the opera, got dressed up, but we walked into a lecture. So it said nowhere on the way. It said matinee performance of Othello is what it was going to be. Matinee Othello. Get your tickets. There was no. Hey, this is going to be like a special thing. Or from what I could tell, from Google Translate, could tell. But sure enough, it was a lecture about Othello for a matinee performance. So, anyways, we saw the uh, Vienna Vienna State Opera House. We had box seats for thirty minutes. Also, no air conditioning in the Vienna State Opera. So we were hot. We were annoyed. We didn't (laughs) want to watch a movie, so we left after like ten cool pictures, and we have a funny story to tell about going to the Vienna State Opera Um, lecture. Yeah. Oh well. But walking around that whole downtown district, Park at Vienna, amazing location. You oh, walk around awesome. to the main shopping street, the main church is there, the huge St. Michael's. We walked through the plaza. We walked over to the two, I think, natural history museums, one of the big deals there. Mm-hmm. Then we went uh, to the palace, took the train up to Schönbrunn. Again, I know you're all going to make fun of my pronunciations, but oh well. Palace was. I mean, it was fine. It was, it was just fine. a palace. I mean, if you've been in one, you've been in a mall. I, I don't know. I mean, the ground. I think we should have not gone on the tour, I think, and just stayed outside because the grounds are really nice. There was restaurants, which we ate at. Good experience. This actually maybe my favorite lunch. What did I have? I um, some like... Something was, not, very not meat that was... Yeah, it was, it was, like it was a vegan meal, it actually. Was some kind of lentil something with potatoes that was yeah, super know. cool and delicious. But anyway, so... It, unless you're into palaces, I, I don't know. Yeah. It was the just grounds like, were cool, like but a, I would have rather, yeah, I think I'd rather stay outside. And the whole setup there where everybody was waiting for the audio tour, the line was like 45 minutes and you could just walk around that line and go. In. I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Um, my tips for Vienna. Hey, hit the sites, get out in the countryside. I think if we'd been able to hop around the winers, that would have been super cool. Um, always make sure you got, euro coins on you because all of the bathrooms are 50 cents or euro if you don't have that change on you it can be a bit frustrating and annoying actually that women's line at the palace 
I don't, did I tell you when I went into the men's room, there were just women in there using the men's room because the women's line, which is like, who cares at all? Like I wanted to high five them. Like you guys are the smart ones and everybody else is waiting in this 45 yeah, minute yeah. women's room. It's like, yeah. so no, ladies be prepared for that. And then just roll over to the men's side. Nobody cared. Um, but make sure you got those coins to pay mm-hmm. to get in the door. Um, but I think the I, highlight there. Sorry. I think the bottom line, and I went into the trip with this. We saw what we saw and we didn't what we didn't. Like we for sure looked up stuff to do. We had a little itinerary, but the winery didn't work out. The palace was fine. Like the Salzburg and the Sheraton, what, like it, it was under construction. But overall, we had a really nice trip and we're laughing about it. And we still weren't at home in the grind. So, I mean, I felt like going into it with that attitude and trying to stick with that attitude. Just, you know, we... Made it a great week. Yeah, made for really good. If you're a super planner and everything has to go to plan, number one, if you're traveling internationally, that's just not going to happen. It, things come up every trip. Actually, I remember boarding the Lufthansa flight and thinking about what funny stories are we going to have six days from now because stuff never goes yeah. according to plan. So, Park Hyatt being a huge highlight for me. Love that place. I would love to go back again to see more Vienna and get to those wineries. We flew home British Airways. It was Club Europe, which is their business class, which really just means the middle seat of economy blocked off from Vienna to London Heathrow. That flight was fine. It was a couple hours. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. we even got lunch on that. I had that yeah, salad. It was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Vienna Airport was a dumpster fire. Three, four different lines to figure that out. Well, yeah, like, and it was just very, it wasn't uh, intuitive, really, where to go or, you know. And I've we're been, like. I've been we, in a lot of airports in my yeah, life. Yeah, we feel like we can follow signs was, easily, but it was. There like, was a line to show you had a passport. Oh, the check-in lines at Vienna Airport were out of control. Those It was at least an hour and a half if you had to drop your bag off for some yeah, of those airlines. Yeah, it was not a great airport. It was at a bus gate. Overall, if you're going to go to the Vienna Airport, absolutely get there at least two hours before your flight, if not more. So that was crazy. Concord Room, London Heathrow, had a really cool lunch there. It was awesome to get into the Concord Room, which is only for first-class passengers. Go through the million-dollar door. British Airways apparently pays London Heathrow Airport a million dollars a year to maintain this little secret door right off security so that first-class passengers can get into the Concord Room lounge uh, quicker. You can get spas there, but it was booked up for a day. There's mm-hmm. private cabanas, which is really just a private room. And we didn't have long there to really no, you know, it like take it all in. So. But we had an awesome lunch. They have really good champagne there. Um, they have a nice terrace that looks out over the balcony, and then we had to jump on the little train over to the remote gates to get on our triple seven two hundred British Airways first class home from London Heathrow to Atlanta, which I booked for uh, Vienna, London business, London and Atlanta first was seventy one thousand Asian miles and three hundred eight dollars per person. That's actually half the price of fuel surcharges that would typically be used any other way that you're gonna. Book British Airways, so that's the secret of the episode is use Asia Miles to book British Airways to cut down those fuel surcharges. And then I actually used $225 worth of arrival miles to cover almost one of our fares. So we ended up doing 142,000 Asia Miles and $391 for us to fly first class back from uh, Vienna to Atlanta. I thought British Airways first was lovely. Yeah, that was awesome. It was great. People always say it's like business light or first class light or business plus. Those are just a bunch of rumors. Don't believe it. British Airways first was definitely a first class experience. I thought so too. The crew, the two guys taking care of us mm-hmm. were amazing. Yeah, they were younger. I think I heard, overheard your guy say that it was only the second time he and his 
I don't know what you call them, partner, coworker, colleague had done the first class service before. So they were a little nervous, but they were so nice and friendly and helpful. And this was the new British Airways has a new soft product. So hard product is a physical seat and layout of the cabin. Soft product is things like bedding, food, cutlery, the way they serve things. And British Airways has just in April uh, redone their soft product. I thought it was awesome. The high tea with the tiered mm-hmm. um, plates they had. The food was really, really good. Those guys were making sure that we were well taken care of. They had uh, pajamas and the bedding was the super bedding- was so comfortable. so comfortable it was like a like a down mattress topper and it was so it was really really comfortable i was t- trying not to fall asleep because of the time you know time change but i kept trying i kept falling asleep because it was so comfortable so that was a great way to end the trip we mm-hmm. rolled into the atlanta airport no wait whatsoever for global entry right to the baggage claim in literally three minutes from stepping off the plane and then the new parking place we use in Atlanta Airport, and we were on our way home, like home an hour and 15 minutes from the time our wheels mm-hmm. touched down. I don't know if it's ever happened before, but our bags were the first two bags off the belt. First class, baby. <laughs> That's yeah. what had a priority tag. So anyways, people out there saying, don't fly British Airways first, get out of here. I would fly. I, I'm going to look forward to flying them again in the yeah, future using Asia Miles uh, so that we can cut down on those fuel surcharges. So tremendous week, points and miles, 70,000 United Miles. Uh, 40,000 Hyatt points, 35,000 Bonvoy, 50,000 Bonvoy, and then another 30,000 to round out all the hotels, 71,000 Asia miles, and $308 per person uh, subsidized with some arrival miles to make the week happen. We did some math, and for our food, trains, travel, tours, and souvenirs, we spent about another $1,000 for the entire week. Mm -hmm. So for that week of pure luxury awesome, we are about $1,500 out of pocket for, Mm -hmm. for everything. And that is a really amazing price for a great 10-year anniversary trip. Yeah. Making the top of the top things happen. Closing thoughts as we wrap up our- I had a great time, and I'm glad that you helped make it happen where I wanted to go. So I loved it. I'm looking forward to the 10 and a half year anniversary trip here in a few months. You need to tell me where we want to go. 10 and a half trip. <laughs> 10 and a half year <laughs> anniversary trips. So maybe I get to pick the location this time. Somewhere you- And I'll plan it. You pick the location. I'll pl- I'll I'll book everything. I immediately regret what I just said. <laughs> Emily, thanks for joining us and entertaining everybody with the stories of me and your much narrower self. <laughs> As you said, we'll be right back here on the Award Travel 101 podcast. The Award Travel 101 podcast is brought to you by Thrifty Traveler Premium. Over 80 international flight deals a month delivered right to your inbox. Never miss a cheap flight or a mistake fare again. Sign up today for free at thriftytraveler.com slash AT101. Many thanks to my lovely bride, Emily, who I love so much. You know, it's hard for a mom and a dad to find 40 minutes, not at nighttime when we're super tired and don't want to talk for 40 minutes to be able to record that. Both kids were taking a nap while we uh, recorded that episode together. And uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people recognize why I love her so much and how much fun and funny she is in her own way. And I hope you enjoyed us talking about our trip over to Europe. Hey, the redemption of the week that we're closing each segment with, really easy to do this week. It comes from the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. Mr. Jonathan Wilwaco redeemed 2078844 airline and hotel miles to bring himself, three other adults, his two children from Texas to his birthplace of Manila in the Philippines where he immigrated when he was 10 years old. And this marked the first time that he returned exactly 30 years ago. His wife, two children, and both his parents made that trip. 
uh, would have cost him $55,000 out of pocket, and he ended up paying $3,500. Sounds like an emotional trip, over 500 likes over in the Facebook group in less than a day and 100 comments. Jonathan, well done. You are the reason that we made this group. You're the motivation to keep it going, and what a wonderful redemption. Hey, it would do me a huge favor if you would go rate our podcast wherever you subscribe. We're on all of the different platforms. Tell your coworkers, family, friends, mom, dad, kids, hey, there's this crazy guy that runs a Facebook group for full time that talks only about points and miles. What a great episode. A lot going on this summer in War Travel 101 and in our personal life with Emily and I, which I hope to update you on very soon. Look forward to talking next week. <laughs>